This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. What the fuck you know about podcasting? This is our shit. Post America. Macho Black, Richie Crutch, Chrissy the Baboon. Post America Podcast, son. Download that shit, motherfucker. All right, we got on the phone Scott E. Banks, one of Post America Podcast's favorite guests. Listeners always want to hear from from Scott, so we got him, and we told the listeners to send in some questions. They did. And since it's early in uh, January, first we'll we'll talk to you, Scott, and uh, maybe you could tell us some of your highlights of 2018, musically, Movies, favorite this, favorite that, just the big events that that you thought went down. So, before we get off into that and into the meat of the matter, I just mm-hmm. want to tell everybody, you know, everybody that I already love and have in my life that thank you very much, and I do love you and continue to love you. Uh, everybody that I met, I met a whole bunch of wonderful people too in the past year and you know it was that was real beautiful too and i thank and i thank you too so you know big shout out to everybody that i came across and everybody that touched my life you know in the past year thank you very much beautiful scotty beautiful so it was a good year for you then well much better than being in prison (laughs) Mm. (laughs) absolutely i mean I, i got my health I went and seen the doctor recently, gave me a clean bill of health, you know, and you know, I'm scheduled to see my dentist, you know, I'm not falling apart, so thank God for that, but, uh, nice. you know, well, you got to be thankful for those personal things and those little things, man, because, you know, one little toothache could, you know, <laughs> derail your whole day, you know, you're derailing, you know, one little toe getting jammed up or broken, you walking funny, you know. You got you got to be thankful for the little things, man. Before you can even contemplate like the major things, man. Be thankful for your health and thankful for the people in your life that love you and that you love, man. And, yeah. And a lot of times, a lot of times we overlook that sort of thing, don't we? Yeah, we do. You know, we get life is kind of structured that way, though, and it's crazy because we get caught up in the daily routine, and then we get influenced by shit we have no control over. You know, it's like how people are so influenced by politics. And you people go gung-ho one side or the next. Like, I'm far left. I'm far right. And they don't take time to sit back and say, you're both supporting the bipartisan illusion. It's two sides of the same fucking coin, man. Heads or tails. That's your government. You know, but we we, we tend to forget that. We get caught up in these terms and, you know, all kinds of shit. We neglect what's right in front of us, our own lives. Yeah, it's easy to get caught up in that, though, nowadays, isn't it? It's a very tribal kind of feel in in America. It it is, and in truth, we kind of always been tribal, though. I mean, where did we all come from? Where did these great societies come from? They all came from tribes. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, whether they were European tribes or African tribes, native tribes, or it all came from some small tribe around a campfire somewhere 
men going out to hunt and women gathering food or whatever, you know. You know <laughs> that's all society. Now it's a big, now there's huge tribes with uh, industrial processed food, you know, and, and transportation and airplanes and social media. So now, you know. And, the, and nuclear weaponry. And nuclear weaponry that we'll probably never use. Some theorists even say that does any of that shit even work? Which I, you know, I think that's kind of a stretch. I think they map they they map that out. I think it could work. But uh, my whole take on that shit is like it's really not made for other countries. It's it's made for if all of us people that actually make up the infrastructure of society, if we ever decide to say, you know what, fuck you people, we're uniting and we're gonna fight against y'all. Their last option would be to nuke us. <laughs> but isn't that some, that's some fucking like crazy shit, some like advanced Orwellian shit? But yeah, yeah. Well, let's hope it doesn't come down to that. But you know, before we give up any of these trillions of dollars, we're gonna fucking tactical nuke one place just to make an example. Goodbye, California. It'd be like, oh shit, wait, wait, wait. Let's talk. <laughs> no, no, no. God you know forbid. what? That would get everybody in check real quick, though, wouldn't it? No. You don't think would, so? You don't think no, so? I, think, I think it would up the ante. You know why? Once, once human beings realize that, yo, ultimately we're going to die, they're going to fight harder. Well, look at the case with Japan. I mean, those guys were for fighting to the last breath. Then they got that was, that was, that was, bomb and it was but that was rat. country versus country. Can you imagine if people globally, or just say here in the U.S., I don't think it would go down to nothing nuclear, because they got so much conventional weapons that, you know, would, like, offset any type of violence. I mean, they got fucking drones. They don't even have to put a pilot in a plane. They just fly over with the fucking drone. But everybody's always worried about, you know, if somebody was to, if it, if it was to get that to that level, if somebody was to pop off, against the system. They, a group of people finally had enough with what they deemed was bad in their society. And everybody got together and they wanted to fight. Everybody thinks, oh, man, we're not going to fight, man. We would lose. But you got to remember, the people in the military, they're civilians, too. They, they, they live in your town. They live in your neighborhood. They're yeah. your brothers and sisters. If some of the people even going to listen to this podcast are former military. Guys are Marines. You know, there's women that were in the Navy and the Air Forces, all kinds of people from various walks of life that, that are, are, were in the military, were in service. Who the hell do you think is going to be fighting? If we had a total decline of, of civilization, a lot of these veterans who are inactive, they still train. But, hey, and then a lot of the people in the military, it would splinter. They'd be broken up into factions. It'd be crazy. Yeah, they'd probably become like... Uh Different bases sticking together. This one all, sticking with the government. This one going to, all, to the civilians. All kind of crazy shit. Yeah. You know, and, but the only thing that offsets any of that in our society is that we do have this capitalist society, and you're, you're, the almighty dollar is waved before people's face like a, a carrot in front of a horse. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like people are like, yeah, I don't want to get involved in that, man. Man, I gotta pay my fucking mortgage. You know, I got to take care of my kids, dude. I'm not getting involved in none of that. And so we, we stay on the same course that we've been on. Yeah. You know, people people don't want to, they, they don't want to sacrifice. They don't want to fight. 
because you, you're weighing and judging. Am I putting myself too much out there? I got a wife now. I got kids now. You know, I, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know, that's how people are thinking. Yeah, you don't want too much disruption in your average everyday life, you know, to take you off course. So you'll go a certain length to complain about it maybe on social media, but are you going to leave the house and join a join a group or a protest? Well, that's that's why when you look at people protesting, period, you kind of like, some, you know, for somebody like, like I or somebody like you and I, so we we see like man, this is kind of futile, you know. You know, a, a black kid gets shot by a white police officer. Somebody jumps up and says racism. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. Maybe the cop got too trigger happy, or he's frightened on his job, and this is the way he was trained. So he thinks the guy's going for something. He's running away. He shoots the guy. Everybody protests. Now you got a whole bunch of people in the black community out there, and quite a handful of liberal white people out there going, "Black lives matter. Black lives matter." Hey, man, what is this protest for? I understand you're getting a message out there, but what's the results? Are you, are you, are, is anything happening positive as a result of this? Are you actually generating social change by this? You know, everybody so got to go to work. Personally. I think that law enforcement needs to be trained different I when it comes down to, When it comes to protesting in general, do you think it's a, it's a waste of time? I, I, I think that physical protest, People out on the street making a lot of noise, turning over cars, throwing bricks through people's small businesses and shit. I think that that's not helping shit at all. So that's, well, that's more of a riot scenario. Well, that's what happens in these protests. That's why they got cops with riot gear and shields on and fucking How about like the 60s, the civil rights protests and those demonstrations. I, I think that looking back at it and God bless all of those people that took a stand. And, you know, they, and even those that took the nonviolent approach, like Dr. Martin Luther King and all the great people, the Medgar Everts, and, uh, you know, of course, the, the legendary Malcolm X, which was coming from a different school of philosophy as far as black consciousness and, you know, people's struggle. I, looking back, I think they went about it kind of the wrong way. How so? Well, if we just segment one part of the human family or the American family, who was already segregated, black people being the topic. I think that black people did better when they were segregated amongst themselves. But what it was was we wanted to buy into the concept and the ideal of America. It sounds like such a beautiful thing. You know, we the people, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, to ensure domestic tranquility. You know, all of these words sound so romantic and they sound so pure. Until you're being denied shit. Mm. Until you're being told to eat in the back of the restaurant. Or, yeah, you were in the military, but you can't eat with the white soldiers. You're segregated. You know, we just wanted to be a part of the American fiber because we've been here. We fought in every war, from the Revolutionary War, Civil War. All, we, we fought in all of the Spanish-American War. Yeah, we want to be part of and we were still getting treated like shit. But once integration came in, and then all of these programs were started in 1964 under President Lyndon Baines Johnson, welfare program, all of these things sought to diminish the black household. They were telling women, all right, you can have welfare, but... A, an able-bodied male can't live in your house. So they say, yeah, take this government money, but daddy can't live there. Here, take this housing project, you know, apartment. Take this Section 8 apartment, but, uh, 
you know, there can't be a man on a residence. They, they systematically broke up the black household. I think that we would have did better if we could have acclimated in a way, but, you know, acclimated in a right way. But it didn't turn out that way. It, it created a systematic divide that's still there to this day. Do you think it was intentional, a premeditated? I, I, don't, I don't think. I don't think. In, in essence, it, it was intentional. I think one part of it was intentional. The prison industrial complex was a concept. You had way less prisoners back in the 1960s. You had some theorists sit down around the table and say, well, this, popu this particular population within our American family is growing. Food, our food stores are getting less, but we have enough to feed everybody in America by, by, by tons. Back in the 1950s, let's say the food stores were like, you had food stores that were consistent with like 600 million, Right but the population was only 110 million. Mm. Now, we've still got food stores of 600 million, but the population's over 320 million. 330, 340 million Americans. Wow. Now, just imagine the, the people in government think tanks sitting there, they're looking and say, yo, how are we gonna be able to provide jobs, uh, have sufficient food and, and medical medical care for everybody and all. So now they project 10, 15, 20, 30, 40, 50 years into the future. And they said, man, we got to do something to kind of structure this. You start making crime generative factors in urban environments that we call the hood, the ghetto. Mm -hmm. And from those areas, you start incarcerating people. It's no wonder that 51% of the prison population in America is black, 37% of it's Latino, and 17% of it is white. However, white men outnumber black men in America six and a half to one. Now, for somebody to tell me that's by mistake, they've got to be out of their fucking mind. Yeah. Harsher drug penalties, harsher drug law, the whole idea of uh, uh, super predator criminals. You got guys that are doing fucking time in state and federal penitentiary for having a bunch of drugs. Yeah, they're, cha they're, they're changing those laws. We've made some changes with them recently. But, uh, you know, then there's the, the product of drug dealing in industry. There's violence that's going to occur. You know, there's gunshots are going to ring out. People are going to get killed. You know, people are going to overdose. All this type of shit. Well, hey, man, I, I think some of it was deliberate, and I think some of it, you know, it, it, it was a, a residual of what was going to happen, what was going down. Well, the one thing you mentioned, there's an able-bodied black male, not a being allowed to live in the household in order for the female to receive uh, benefits from the government financially. Do you think that was an intentional thing or an unintended consequence well, run. look how look how it's structured, bro. That would have to be intentional. Mm. We we don't want you to get this government money, you know, from the taxes, and have somebody in the household that can work. You, do you think it's possible there was good intentions, but just a bad idea? 
Yeah, a lot of a lot of bad ideas came off of good intentions. Mm-hmm. You know, it is, it is really. Uh... Hey, let's let's take all of these natives from their ancestral land and let's force march them onto little strips of land that we're going to call reservations that we federally protect, and we're going to allow them to drink all the alcohol they want. Yeah. Yeah, this can't possibly work out in a good way, you know. Yes, that's bad stuff, man. We're we're going to give you Christianity and tell you not to practice your native ceremonies. You know what? Give, that's a little segue. What are you yourself? Do you practice any particular religion? Are you religious? I, I, you want to know something? I've been all of them. Yeah. To the point where I've come full circle. Who? This is what? Man, I'm all of that. Oh, man. I'm a rabbi, I'm an imam, I'm a priest, I'm a shaman, I'm a Buddha monk, I'm a Rastafari, I'm all of that, bro. I'm all of that to the point where I don't even tell people I believe in God. That that that's a that's a that's a horrible game that well, they've dropped up. Asked, do you believe in God? How would you respond? I say no. No. Why would I believe in something that's real? You know, you're going to break Hoyer's heart by saying that. I don't believe in God. I know God. God is God is real, man. God is in my chest. God how, would I break, how, how would I break Hoyer's heart? God man, but Hoyer manifests God himself. But Hoyer's a God-fearing man. He's, you know, no, he's God, no, listen. Hoyer know what I say. He got two beautiful sons that are my nephews. Yeah. Those sons came from him. What more you need to see, man? Oh, I, I'm, I'm about it. I'm just saying, you know, some people the manifestation. hear the idea of the, no God. No, God is real. I no, didn't God tell you. Real. I don't tell you I don't acknowledge God is real. I tell you I don't believe. When you believe something, and for all of y'all out there in podcast land, you turn on your Google and look up belief. <laughs> Nowhere in the, in the word belief is fact. Belief is conjecture. You're guessing. You're not sure. So you guess. I know God is the difference. So, of course, I'm going to tell you I don't believe. I don't believe because God is real. So God, God is hot. God, God is, is real. God is everything. That's why people have a hard so time finding God, God. Let's say the Christian God. The, the Christian God is explained to people in parables and uh, anagorical meaning, metaphor. You know, the... Uh, I'm God, I'm the creator of all, but then in another passage you say, but I'm a jealous God. There's no God before me. Like, why would, why would the creator of the entire universe have a human emotion, jealousy? That had, that had to be written by and perpetuated by a human being. The entire universe is God. All of these stars, all the cosmic dust, all the planets around each one of these stars these stars have gravitational pull. They pull other astral bodies close to them. Our immediate galaxy is 5.878 trillion light years across. That's our own Milky Way. There's an infinite number of those. But yet we're down here on our little rock saying, looking for a god. So why do you think then mankind has been on this constant search and... And just just such a high interest in religion and God and, and such a high belief throughout the planet and so many similar stories in between the well, three main part, religions. Part part of it 
part of it is taught and learned behavior, but mankind's quest to find meaning of, of something more, I think that's an innate quality. I think that we all kind of have that in us from childhood, and then, you know, it develops along the way. And then sometimes all of us in our own little way, we take time and we examine nature and say, like, wow, man, I, that caterpillar went and made a little crystallis, made a little cocoon, and came out a butterfly. Like, wow. And then we think of the miracle of childbirth. We come from a microscopic organism that gestates in our mother's womb. It, it attaches to the egg in our mother. And we grow there for a cycle of nine months, which is a full cycle, nine, 360 degrees, you know, three and six, nine. We do a full cycle and we become these beautiful little baby boys and baby girls. We become these beautiful little children. And so now as adults, we look back and say, damn, I outswam like 300, 400,000 of my brothers and sisters, and I'm the one that stuck to the egg. My, my existence should show you that God is real. Your existence shows it. The fact that you're here, man, that we're even having this conversation. God, God shouldn't be chalked up to a belief. We manifest the force of God every day. So you're saying by saying you be believe in God, you're not fully really committing. When you believe in God, you really don't know God at all, man. You got to let yourself go and let all the dogma you were taught, let that shit go. So you must because, know a lot of atheists or agnostics. Not, not, not really. No? I hear a lot of people front and saying that they are, but the moment they end up in some bullshit, they go, oh, Jesus. Oh, praise God. Oh, my God. That's a, yeah, you fronting. But what I'm saying is people don't really have a connection with God. They don't know God. And the other ones that are saying they're atheists, it's only because of their ignorance. They lack information. Or, or maybe the way God is presented to them. People talk about God as a monotheistic thing that created everything. That's a fool. So you don't game. believe in that God. I don't acknowledge don't that. A, I don't. I don't believe in anything. I don't acknowledge that God. Okay. All right. All right. I acknowledge the God of the universe, the entire universe, mm -hmm. the ether of space, the cosmos, the the inner God within inside you and me, the fact that we're carbon-based life forms. The, the fact that we, we you know, we have 80% water in our bodies, but our body temperature is a steady 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. All the elements of life are right in your body. Why the fuck would I be looking for God? Well, so uh, to be clear then, let's say the biblical God, the story of Jesus being the son of God, you don't buy that. I think that... Well, I think that it's... You won't commit on this stuff. No, I think, I, think that it's a, I think that it's a good story. I think that it's a good life guide to teach people that people have taken to heart and have gone overboard with it. Mm, okay, okay. I think that it's a good parable. I think in some cultures it would pro in some cultures it would probably be laughable because some cultures are warrior cultures. I remember one time watching an episode of a... I don't know if it was on an episode of Vikings or it was on a movie about Vikings like a... a uh, the, the 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 last kingdom, something like that, something like that. It was, but it was like, and the 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 priest was telling one of the Viking. He said, you know, I pray to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Viking turned to him and he smiled at him. He says, you pray to a god that was nailed to a cross. He says, my god is Thor and Odin. My god would have got off that shit and killed somebody. 
<laughs> you, you, you understand that that doesn't necessarily go well with everybody's culture. There's some yeah. natives that probably would have looked like, man, your God doesn't oh, yeah, sound yeah. too, your God doesn't sound too strong, strong, you know. Oh, my own head? Trust me, I, I studied Christianity, Islam, Judaism, Tao, Buddhism, you know, I, all kinds of... To you, to you, is this, this guy Jesus, is he the son of God? No, not alone. I think okay. that he, I think he was a guide to show that we're all sons of God, that we're all children of God. They say that too. Ye, ye are all gods, but ye shall die like men. That's a passage in the Bible. Ye, that's one of the Psalms in the Bible. Ye are all gods, but ye shall die like men. I didn't make that up. That you know, that was in the Septuagint. You know, thousands of years before I was around. So then I could say that out of the three major religions, you don't take none of them as as true law. I, I take them all, and I don't take them. I, I take from them. I take from them what is applicable to my tangible reality, to the facts of life, mm-hmm. and to the other thing. I just think that it's religious dogma used to control people. The parts in the Bible, man, that are like that could be used to help better mankind and help me in my life struggles on a daily basis. Yeah, of course, I will accept those things. I would accept something good from all things. But for me to be so filled with religious dogma that I turn my back on other people, that I have so much religious zeal that I don't help other people, that I say my God is the only way to worship, but you being Muslim is, is a bad thing, or you being Christian is a bad thing. No, I don't want to go with any of that, bro. All right, I like that. I like that. Respect. So we we talked about that for a while. Let's get to the original question that I asked you. Your year in review, some high points for 2018. Let's go first, because I know you're a big music fan, musically. Do you have any any particular uh, high points musically for 2018? High point, well, this is a good thing, because my brother's album just dropped in November, so he actually makes the list for 2018. But before I get to my brothers, mm. I'm going to say this. Madball raised the bar. Mm. They raised the bar in hardcore music, absolutely. And I always, I'm always loved and, and intrigued by what they'll come up with next, you know, the groove and here are my brothers put something together. Yeah. Wisdom and Chains, if this was the Olympics, this would have happened. They would have set the mark. Wisdom and Chains jumped up there, and now they're at the mark. And somewhere, somehow, Scotty and the boys got together, man, and Terror made a new album, and they pulled both it over this shit. Because that shit is hard as fuck, right? Yeah, listen, that new, listen, that new fucking Terror album. But listen, so much good hardcore came out this year. So many new bands I was turned on to. Like, I didn't know anything about Queensway. You know, mm-hmm. of course, you know, everybody know my story. No, I was in prison, so I wasn't ex- exposed to certain... Queensway is fucking good as a motherfucker. You should be fucking brutal. I love them. They fucking voice sound good. You know, uh, Jesus Peace was fucking great. You know, I've seen them a couple of times this year, you know. And uh, yeah, I got this. You were getting into some of the real heavier stuff, like Nasty and Jesus Peace. Yes, yo, Nasty, I fucking love. I got two Nasty CDs in my car. I got, you know, the last two. And I, I love that. Uh, so plenty of good music. I got to see Slayer. I got to see Slayer. Hopefully, I'll get to see him again this year before it's all done. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got to see Nile 
which blew me away because I've seen Overkill for the first time in so many years. I hadn't seen Overkill, but Overkill was great. Uh, but I got to see Niall, and I got to say, the brothers bring it. Niall was fucking some brutal shit. I love that shit. Uh, yeah, there was a, you know, it was a lot of good music, but I, I don't, I'll be remiss because I mentioned my brother. If y'all haven't gone out now and got Jay's son, my brother from Boston, Boston's finest, get, kill your boss. Go download that shit now. Go, it's available. You go and download it. You go look my boy up on the real Jay Sun. J-A-Y-S-A-U-N is my brother. Listen, fire. And when you listen to it, you listen to it and you listen to it again, the first thing going to come to your mind is, why the fuck are we listening to mumble rap? What the fuck is this shit that's like, why isn't this music being played mainstream? Fire. Jay Sun, fucking the dope. And all the guests on the album, fire. Go cop that shit now. He made the cut for 2018. But, you know, uh, oh, didn't you know he's the unruly boys? My brother's down south in, in, in North Carolina. Fucking good music. A lot of good shit, man. A lot, lot of good stuff, man. This is a question from uh, a listener, and it kind of uh, coincides with what I was talking to you about. He says, I've got two questions from Mr. Ebanks. The first is, what show or live event was the highlight of your 2018? Oh, man. I got a couple of them, man, because it, it yeah, I can't sum it up into one. Uh-huh. I mean, I've I seen Slayer. I, when I got, I came from work to go there, so I unfortunately missed Napalm Death, who I'm dying to see because I haven't seen them since 89. So I missed him. Uh-huh. I, I, when I first seen Napalm Death, is the only time I've seen Napalm Death, it was Prong, Prong from their first album, Four Speed. Oh, okay. No, Four Speed. Yeah. Four Speed, uh, 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 Napalm Death and Doom, I've seen at CBGB's in 1989. Wow. So, this is where we're going with this, okay? So, I wanted mm-hmm. to see them now in a big fucking thing, because I knew something, you know, you got some of these like wog metalhead kids there be there, you know, like fringe dudes, not like, you know, underground people like us. But they love them still. They, they're giving it a chance. But they ain't up on no napalm death. Napalm death is for us fucking, you know, hardcore kids, gutter palms, fucking people that's really, really die hard into this shit. So I missed napalm death, but I got there halfway through Testament. I've seen Anthrax and I've seen Lamb of God, but Slayer absolutely to this day my favorite fucking band, and they tore shit the fuck down. Upside down crosses and flames, all kind of shit. We, and it was like one big sing-along. Cause all, all of us were singing every fucking song. I had no voice after the show. But now, I is, say, this a, is this the show where you got the makeup on and everything? You yeah, out? I got all the fucking yeah. upside down cross on my head, makeup. I was like, yo, we're doing this shit. Slayer, motherfucker, I do not care. We're going back. Hello, wait, score. This is what we're doing. We're going in like this. But, you know, you got to live a little, man. I remember my childhood, and as far as the music is concerned, it was amazing. But I'll list some of the highlights. Mm-hmm. Every time I see my brothers in Madball play, it's a spiritual experience for me. It's like I'm going to, that's my church. If you really want to know my religion, when Freddie starts jumping up and down around the monitors, yeah, and, and, and Hoya starts thumping, and it's on, yes. this Now that's my religion. But I'll tell you this. They did a little show in New Jersey. And that shit was fire. That that was a real, real 
grassroots home home crowd, but black and blue bowl this year, of course, to to be up there and have you know be up there with Agnostic Front, and they they did the final song, they did a, a Crucified, and I ran up on stage and I was Roger, and he turned to see who was hugging. He looked at me and his eyes were big, and we were like, he was like, oi, 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 Crucified, you know. And that was fucking heaven. Uh, seeing you at Tsunami Fest, which is always, always, was, was always is fucking, that's my religion, man. Like, so, uh, just about every time I see Brick by Brick, <laughs> you know, every time I see fucking, I, I got Ray up there and Mike got his hat pulled down a little over his eyes, you know, and, and J-Mo smashing the drums, man, Andy smash clapping that bass, you know, every, every time that, I, I see my brothers do their thing, man, and, it, it, you know, there, there's so many moments in music for me because I'm around. Oh, my goodness. The times I've seen Murphy's Law this year and the benefit show we had for, for Jimmy. Now, oh, that man. was a fucking highlight right there. To, to, you know, to hug Anthony, like, that was one of my favorite bands as a kid. You know, to say Killing Time, you know, we called them Raw Deal, you know, before they had to change yeah. the name, but... Killing Time, man, that was a fucking... And the kids going off in the park. Now, that show was... That was fucking hot. I mean, whew, Man, there's, there's so many great moments, man. So many great memories. So that's a, that's a strong year for live music, then. Yeah, but I'm at shows... I'm, I'm at yeah. shows almost every weekend, so... Yeah. You know, there's a lot to... Play. And once again, seeing Nile at times, seeing Hatebreed... How many times have I seen him this year? Twice? Hatebreed's always fun to see. I've seen them at Chance at the Kids, you know. It's like one big sing-along, too. You know, you sing all night, you're singing with Jamie, and you fucking lose your fucking voice. Nice. You know. <laughs> you know. Oh, seeing Sick of It All. Seeing Sick oh, of It All. And, they always kill alive, right? And, and being up there next to Craig is like, when it's us versus them, you can always count on me. You know, when it's us versus them, it's a global unity. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> You know, seeing Pete and Armand and Lou, that's always, it's like, yo, that's my religion. You you want to know my religion? Hardcore's my religion. Hardcore, baby. But you can hear it, and you can hear it in what I'm saying. Man, yeah. fuck everything else. You want to know what my religion is? You want to whoa, <laughs> whoa. Listen, if you ever want, it's like, all roads lead the same direction. <laughs> Listen, you want to know what my religion is? There you have it. Y'all already here first. Came back into the original. The, the original Listen, let me let me tell you something. Our our religion is hardcore. It's like just that pause. It's that little space before the fucking drums hit and the bass gets slapped, and 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 you and you hear Freddie say, sometimes. I feel like I'm caught between heaven and heaven and hell. That's my religion. Then, 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 when he just pauses and he's then he looking, his eyes are rolling his head. He puts his up. You now you feeling the energy is being created right now. And I just look at him and I go, Yes, brother. Yes, bring us home. It feels like I'm caught between heaven and hell, and the whole fucking pit. From the front of the stage, all the way down there to the bar goes crazy. That's my fucking religion. Beautiful. Now, if that, I agree. That's also my religion. We have something in common. And there you if go. That's our religion. And who is the high priest? The high priest is the agnostic front. 
Beautiful. Beautiful. The high priest or agnostic front, the 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 Pope is Jimmy Gestapo. The, <laughs> right. <laughs> the high priest is the high, the fucking archbishop of of all of this chaos is Vinny Stigma. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the archbishop. The, the archbishop of absolute hardcore chaos. You know, he's the archbishop of the planet Earth of hardcore, of all of this shit. You know? Well, you just see in the fucking documentary, which I love so much, you had me on one part of it. I was watching it by myself. Had yeah. me in tears, man. And, and and see it. And, you know, because, you know, I love him so much. He says, yeah, one, one time you could see all the way to Chinatown, but it's all these fucking trees. You know, you know, he's definitely the fucking archbishop. Jimmy is the fucking pope. Roger is the cardinal of the chaos. No, my older brothers, uh, John Joseph from the Cro-Mags, you know, Mackie. These are foundation guys. The, the Rastafari elders of the bad brain. Those, these are all high priests. This, this is the high priest. But Love it. to be consistent... And do this for the amount of years they've been doing with the same mindset, the same spirit, the same love in their hearts to do it so long. Agnostic front, brother. Yeah, it's really. Agnostic front. And then, you know, you, you, you have the other high priests too. They've been doing it all this time. They're a little bit younger, but they, they've been doing, but they're older men now, like all of us are. But you can never take nothing away from sick of it all, man, because, listen, brothers been grinding. They never stopped. They've been grinding the whole time since I was a kid, man, and, you know. Consistent lineup for a long, long time, man. You know what I love about hardcore, too, and it's great that, you know, we all love each other. We're all family. <coughs> Maybe somewhat somewhat of the competitive nature of, of things, of art, of, of life, but one band puts out a sound and the shit is good. Then if somebody starts working on their guitar, somewhere in the house, in their bedroom, turn up the amp a little, and they, they talk to their drummer, and they're like, yo, check this out. Oh, I got something for that. And they say that maybe they work with a different effect or something. You know, maybe they drop tune their guitar a certain way, whatever. And then somebody jumps over the last thing that was made. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, steel sharpens steel. That's why, you know, amongst our family, we keep putting out good music. You know, if, if guys hear different sounds, and they're inspired by the other musicians. Yeah. And you know, I'm fortunate to to be on, be a part of that, be on the fringe of that, and listen to it and appreciate it. Because sometimes, man, I hear some of the riffs y'all make, and I go, "Damn, man, what were you thinking about when you came up with that? That shit is fucking hard as fuck." No, that's that's, that's cool. You're, you're so you're so like into it, you know. When when you talk about bands and stuff, you like, oh yeah, man. Look, look where I'm coming from. One of my favorite bands is Fear. They're still playing. That's amazing. Yeah, they just played not too long ago, right? Yeah, yeah, man. Lee Zing, man, it's, 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 that's that's one of my deities, you know. I fucking love fear, you know what I mean? But uh, a lot of old, lot of the old players and so. Yo, I got to see the Descendants last year too. I forgot early in the year. Wow. I seen the Descendants, you know, and and everybody in the audience was saying, "When I get the time, I like to sit down and write a little rhyme for you." Just a couple of you. Show how much you mean to me. <laughs> yo, come, yo, I mean, come on, man. I'm a fucking hard, I'm a punk rock kid, man. I love this shit, man. 100%. I got, I got all fucking excited, man. They showed a, 
a then and now picture of minor threat. I was like, oh man, please. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm take I'm like, you know, they ain't gonna do it, but I was like, yo, one could dream, man. I'm going to myself. Man, I'm taking my shirt off at that show. Fuck it. I'm letting it all fucking I'm jumping off the stage. We're going way back. I might have to wear sweatpants and sneakers because we gonna fucking mosh this whole fucking time for this shit. You know, you, you, never know. Know. you never know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I know when you get older and you got mortgage and shit to pay and you know, guys got kids now and stuff, man, you your money gotta be right, man. You yeah. can't mess around with that. Money got money gotta be right. I mean, yeah, we punk rock, yeah, I get it, I get it, but uh now, we're punk rock. It was all right at one point that you could take less money or things like that. And in some cases, yeah, if you could afford to, yeah. But the reality is we've gotten older. Guys have wives and kids now. you got to be understanding, man. You know, you're, you're, but, and, and if you're a band that can generate money, motherfuckers got to eat, man. Yeah, pay the man. There's nothing wrong. If, you, if people pay, are coming to see you, then take the money. Yo, listen, pay, pay the people. No, well, pay because you appreciate. And... If somebody really appreciates, they gotta understand the amount of time that somebody puts into making this artwork, man. Yeah. Yo, these these riffs and these chords and these inverted chords and shit, man, that take a lot of fucking time, man. A lot of blisters on Richie's fingers to make this shit possible, man. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? Yo, listen, bleeding man. over here. Give me some knee. Motherfucker, motherfucker, pay a motherfucker. Like if somebody drew some artwork for me and he says. You know, this is this is a once in a lifetime rendition of yourself. How much are you willing to pay for that? Yeah. You know, he's like, wow, man, the way you put it like that, shit, you make me want to come out of pocket and pay for this for real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Somebody somebody handcrafts you a living room table out of some good fucking wood and sand it down and they stain it and shellac it. How much are you gonna pay pay for that? Well motherfuckers is making you primo music. Good shit. This ain't no five-finger death punch shit over here. This is real hardcore. Pay the man. I'm with it. Pay the man, goddammit, or the woman, or whoever the, whoever the, the, the brother or sister is making the damn music. Pay him. Yeah, no, I, I like that you got that attitude. But yo, yeah, the same guy that asked that question, his name is Rolex D. Pracer, something like that. But he had another one, a follow-up. Okay. He said, my second is, how is work going? I know how tough it is for someone with a record to find work out here. So much love and respect to you, Scott. Well, I love you too, brother, and work is going fine. Uh, I, I hopefully, I'll be getting a raise soon. I've been at this spot for a little while, and everybody at my job, the best thing about my job is I have a small group of people I work with, and everybody shows me love. Both my sales managers, our in the office, everybody shows me love. Most of the time, we eat lunch together and everything, so... And I got my own garage. I got a three-day garage that I detail cars in. So, you know, I went. I got my uh, my uh, uh, Bluetooth speaker. I could crank up my music, and I could work on cars. Or I put my headphones on, and I crank my shit up. You know, I put on Wisdom and Chains radio on my fucking Pandora, and I listen to my shit. You know, I and it's weird because I alternate between Wisdom and Chains radio, Madball radio. You know, Hatebreed radio plays a little bit more metal. So sometimes yeah. when I when I'm in the mood to hear something that's not you know, I want. I just want to hear you know fucking people, you know, you know, beating the guitar like that. I say, yeah, man, I feel like some metal right now. You know, I go to Hate Breed Radio, so they kind of mix it up. But you, you know, you get the eclectic mix of hardcore and punk. You know, on on our our, our station. You know what they play on yours a lot, which I thought was 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 really cool. Is well, that, maybe because y'all went on tour with them? Is a, a, a Devil Driver. 
Did y'all oh, ever go on? Did y'all go on tour with Devil Driver at any time? No, nah, no, nah, we never went on tour with them. But yo, Devil Driver. Yo, Devil. <laughs> oh my God. Tell you a little bit. A devil driver? Yeah, is that that guy that used to be in uh No, man, it's a, it's a brother with long hair, man, it's a long hair metal-aged kid that's singing for Devil Driver. Oh, I thought it was like that one black dude. I thought it was that black dude. That... Oh, what no, you no. trying to say? What you trying to say? All black people look alike? Yo, Joe, I love you now. <laughs> yeah, I'm, fuck, I'm fucking with you, you know Fratello. Dude, Joe does look like. Which one? You ever see Fresh Prince of Bel Air? Oh, like like pop. Uncle Phil. He looks like Uncle. Yes, he does look like Uncle Phil. He actually, he looks like a younger. He looks like a younger version of, of Uncle Phil. Totally, totally. But no, you know, he, uh, no. Joe, Joe looks. Joe looks like me. He looks like my little brother, and that's what he is. Oh yeah, he, he does. And he also two, looks like the two ball headed, two ball headed, good looking black dudes. Oh, smooth as could be, smooth as. Could be. <laughs> no doubt. Here we got another question. We got a. Uh, What's the question? This is from I Am the Bastard with X's on each side, so probably straight at dude. Oh, my Ladies God. gentlemen, this is a two-part question. What band oh. were you looking forward to seeing that you never got to see, and what band were you dying to see that was just a massive letdown live? He said, I would have loved to see an Animal House. Seemed like a real fun band. And I guess that's the band he would have loved to see but didn't. And he said a massive letdown for him were One Life Crew. He said fucking horrific. P.S. He said to Joe, he loves Joe's Scottish Scottish accent. He's English and his wife's Scottish and he, she thinks it's hilarious. So for you, what band were you looking forward to seeing that you never got to see? Well, first and foremost, I got to say, you bastard. You asked yeah. me this fucking difficult question, you bastard. Yo, bastard. I'm Scottish. Yes, I am. My, my yeah. grandfather... My grandfather's half half black and half white. Your grandfather they, they Andrew Carnegie. No, no shit. We'd be talking a whole different ball game if that was the fucking case. No, my grandfather's Jamaican. His mother uh, was a white woman. You know, my great grandma. She is blonde hair, blue eyes. She was a Scottish lass. Oh, yeah, then I, I, you know, see, you know, my family came from Scotland to the Cayman Islands in the late 1600s, and then they migrated you know to Jamaica. By any chance? That's a good question. I think we have to do some research. That'd be cool. But no. I know she was one of four. Mm -hmm. She had three brothers, and she was the girl who married Crow, who was mm -hmm. my great-grandfather, who passed away when I was 19, two weeks before I got locked up. So my grandfather is 98 years old, lives in Florida. So I'm thankful to God for that. I got a lot of firsthand knowledge from the old people. Yeah. So my grandfather's straight up like half black, half white. But the black part of him is like African slave descendant and Arawak Indian. You know, they call, wow. him the, they call him the buck people. But if you talk to my grandfather, you sound straight up guttural Jamaican. He said, hey, boy, why, why are you ringing your nose? Why are blood clad ringing your nose, boy? Wow, that's cool, that's cool. <laughs> but that's grandpa. You know, I love my grandfather. I love him very much. Yeah. And I said, grandpa, I love you. He said, I love you too, grandson. And I just, it just fucking melts my heart, man, you know. But my grandmother passed uh, 2017, and, you know, she had that, that sweet Jamaican accent, too. So, oh, dear, my grandson, come down here and come kiss me on top of me head. <laughs> you know, I, I, I you know, they, they, they're traditional Jamaican, conservative Jamaican. You know. But, uh, you know, you know, Jamaica was a crown colony of England, so there was a lot of 
cultural diversity in that because England had conquered a lot of places. Hong Kong, they had as a colony, they had India as a colony. So you have you have an ample amount of Chinese people as well as East Indians in the Caribbean, in the in the English speaking Caribbean places like Trinidad and Tobago, uh, Guyana on on the mainland in South America. So and in Jamaica, you had a lot of Indians and uh, Chinese. But you know, so my family's a a mix of of some of that too. You know, you got a little Italian in you or what? A little Italian. I bet you do. I bet you do. You don't know it. I'm going to tell you something. When I was in the joint, all the mob guys that would eat with me, they'd say, Maron, this fucking kid, he makes the pasta like he's a fucking one of us. Yeah. And yeah. I say, I say, yeah, we always would play around. I said, if you ever call me Moulignan, I'm going to throw you a beating. And then my, my brother Joey, he's like, you ain't no Moulignan. You're too light-skinned. You're a fucking squash. And he kissed me on my face. But uh, these are like made mob dudes, you know, they're like, he's like, ah, oh, you're no fuck, you're a fucking squash, you're too fucking light, come over here, give me some sugar. Hey, Scotty, well, how do you like this point spread? The fucking Pittsburgh Steelers is giving six points to the fucking Browns, you know? Yeah, you, you be around various mob guys, you know, but yeah. in the joint, we're all fucking locked up, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But I know to make pasta, I cook my shit al dente, so I chew the tooth. To the tooth, and I, that's to right. To the tooth, I make my shit. Boom, listen, they say, and he makes a sauce, Maron. The fucking sauce. They say, I'm from Brooklyn. I'm raised around Italian. You got, you got Napolitan sauce. You got the Sicilian sauce. The Calabrese make it one way. Listen, I get it. The Calabrese way. Listen, man, come on, man. I'm, you listen, listen, I'm a spicy Moulinian. You know how we do this, man. Listen, I know how, I know how to fucking cook. I cook, I love food from all cultures. And, you know, I love cultural diversity. So, plus, growing up in New York, you know, like I, like I said, man, I, I grew up eating Italian pastries, Italian food. I love manicotti. I I, I love fucking oh, three, three cheese tortellini and jumbo shrimp. I love squingili, you know. You know, so, so, yeah, I love all of that stuff. But it's just as well as I like rice and peas and arroz con gondules. And I, I love every, all the food, man. But to answer the brother's question, which... Band. The first part of the question is, uh, what band were you looking forward to seeing that you never got to see? What band was I looking forward to see that I never got to see? You did mention one earlier, but you saw them once. You would just... Uh, un you, you the Descendants. Uh, but I've seen Napalm Death before. I just yeah, haven't seen... Yeah. I haven't seen them through the evolution through all of these years. One of my favorite albums is Fear, Emptiness, and Despair. So I, I have a fantasy in my mind where I see Napalm Death play live, and they they do the song "Hung," which is the second song on the A side, on the on the one side of the album. The second song in the album is "Hung." It has so many changes and progressions in that song, and it's so fucking modal. I would love to see that done live. Oh, obituary. Oh, you never see obituary? No, I don't think obituary existed when I got locked up. Well, you know you're gonna with this tour coming up, right? But I just seen them. Oh, you did get to see them then. All right. Yeah, it was fucking happening. So who do you got that you never got to see? Who do I got? I never got to see that. I finally got to see. Oh, no, that that you would wanted to see, but you just never got to see them. Maybe they don't exist no more. Maybe you missed the show. Maybe they just never came around. Wow, man, that's that's a hard. I could only pick one band. Just one, baby. The Scottish kid is tough. Oh man, you bastard! You bastard! Do you know what's crazy about that? I've seen BRI a bunch of times. I've seen the exploited once. 
I, you know, so it's kind of, woo, who I would well, like to see that I've never seen before. Some of these bands don't, and I see Metallica, I see Metallica on a Monday, and I've seen Cypress Hill also this past year, which is a highlight of my life. I got to see Cypress Hill, and listen, so be real, send dog, listen, I love you, you know, uh, uh, Muggs wasn't there, listen, you, you had the brother sitting in, but he DJed great, I had so much fun at this show. It was like fucking homecoming. I loved that. And I love Cypress. It was great. Uh, listen, minor man. Threat? Minor Threat would definitely be one. I've seen the Bad Brains twice. Twice. Yeah, I've seen them twice. Any, any interest in Black Flag? Yeah, I would have loved that too. But now, look, I've never seen Fear. But Fear is still playing. No, I didn't. Don't I heard it played. No, I've seen the Descendants, but I didn't see Fear. I couldn't make it down to the city to see him. Okay, so let's say between Minor Threat and Fear, which one would you prefer? Fear. Fear. Fear over Minor Threat. Don't, don't, even, finish, don't even finish the sentence. <laughs> so fear Listen, minor, minor Threat is my heart. That's why my birth certificate, no doubt. Mm-hmm. But, yo, it's Fear, brother. Yeah. My house smells just like a zoo. It's chock full of shit and puke. Cockroaches on the walls. Crabs crawling up my butt. What? Come on, man. You serious? There's so many of us. There's so many of us. There's so many. There's so many of us. There's so many of us. What? Listen, listen, What? So you can go and die. Quit. Seriously? I'm What? It already started in the city. So, the second part of this question is going to be hard for you because you're a very positive dude. But the second Oh, I got an answer to your question, though. I want to see the anti-nowhere league. Oh, over, over fear? No. I want to see fear first, but I want the anti-nowhere league to open. Just one band. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to allow one more band? No, that's it. Just one. Fear right. anti-nowhere league. Fuck it. You bastard. We're going to put them on the bill anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, but the second part of the question is going to be hard for you because you're... You're more of a positive guy. And that ah, is, I, I could be negative. <laughs> who, what band were you dying to see that were a massive letdown? Mm. I, re, I know, honestly, and I'm not. I'm not saying this to try to be a goody two shoes because if a band, if a band tanks, I'm gonna say yo, they're set stuck. You know, like, but I yeah. expect better. From, but I really didn't see anybody uh, uh, this year. That in your whole life, though, maybe even back in the oh, day when you were kids. Like, well, you know, you know who was subpar that I seen. Let's go back. I seen, I seen, uh, uh, Cypress Hill that Friday, and the, the 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 Monday prior to that, I seen Metallica in the fucking arena. And Metallica, uh, it was fun, but they didn't bring it like Slayer and Lamb of God did in that same arena. Really? I, I, yeah, Metallica. The, the drum, I, I didn't notice it at first. Uh, uh, Mike from, from Brick by Brick, my big brother, he, he pointed it out to me. He was like, yo, large drum timing is off. So now, you know, I kind of peeked up my ear, you know, I perked up, I'm like, and I'm looking down there and the drum, the drums were off. Yeah, you know they, what? I, I heard that too. I heard and James, and, and I know he's been having some hearing problems, you know, what I guess it's tinnitus or the, 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 whatever, the thing in the ear where, where it's ringing and shit. And, I mean, it's a lifetime of playing these fucking monster drums. And, I, and mm-hmm. around these amps, I can get it. But James Hetfield was literally turning around looking at him, like, you know, pick it up. Like, but it was a fun show. Uh, but, 
No, nah, it left something to be desired. It really did. There you go. Good, good response. Good response. You did. But I love Metallica. Don't don't get it twisted. I mean, you know, it's, you know, I was off into so many other things by the time, you know, after Injustice for All, you know, by the time Injustice for All was a big thing, I yeah. was into a million other things. But hey, you know, I give them guys their props. You know, they they fucking great dudes. Oh, they put out some four killer records in a row. A lot of people don't do that. No, of course. No, who the fuck ever does that? Now, check this out. Here's another one. This is from Davey Hooligan from the BX. Scott. Hey, what's up, Davey? Yeah, Davey Hooligan, BX. This is a, okay, he said, keeping with the theme Richie presented, and it's in parentheses, trends in hardcore. Basically, a couple episodes, I went over some odd new trends I'm seeing in hardcore, like uh, satanic power lifters, um, stuff like that. It's some weird stuff going on. What? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. You'll, you'll start seeing it around. You'll just take notice. Satanic power lifters. Interesting. Well, Satanism okay. within hardcore seems to be getting bigger and bigger. You see a lot of 666 behind the names, upside down crosses. You know, kids are having fun with it, whatever they do. But anyway, that's, you know, it's a trend in hardcore. Let's face it. Straight Edge was a trend in hardcore at one time. Uh, Harry Krishners were a trend. Everything starts as a trend. But he wants to know what do you predict might be some upcoming trends in the scene for 2019? Well, we, I, I, I'm surprised, and maybe I'm ignorant to the fact, maybe I just don't know, but I'm sure there's going to be a trans ban come out. There, there's mm-hmm. definitely going to be, like, a all-trans ban, like, you know, trans from a male to female, female to male, or, you yeah. know, trans, you know, whatever be the case. But I'm sure... Our drummer, our drummer Luke might start that one. Uh, then, you know, then you got a... Uh, uh, no, Luke and uh, Luke. Luke is a hairy gorilla. He's he's not trans nothing. Hey, shit. He, he, if he, up Luke is only trans he's gonna be is a fucking transformer. I fully expect that motherfucker to turn into a fucking eighteen wheeler truck. Yeah, he's a, that motherfucker's a tank. Listen, that's that's my boy. But uh, let me see. Uh, 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 what's 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 my what's my band man from from over there, man? Uh, the name of the album is Trigger Warning. Uh, uh, uh. uh Damn, I can't get it right off my tongue. And they, 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 they're they going to kill me, but they're fucking a great band from fucking Kansas City. And, uh, uh, man, I can't, it'll come back to me. But, you know, I, I fully expect, like, uh, something like that, or maybe, you know, like, uh, I've been seeing a lot of frontmen in bands, too. A lot of the bands are, like, black kids. Yeah. You know, I've, I've been seeing, uh, uh, that that's growing a lot, you know. And I, and I always love to see the girls get down, you know. I always like to see, you know, uh, uh, girls get down uh, playing playing an instrument. I always like to see front women, you know. Have you ever heard the band Eatin' Alive? No, I haven't. They're uh, they're Philly-based. Unfortunately, the singer, not the, the guitar player, died a little while ago. Oh, a while ago. But the singer is a girl. She was also in uh, bands from the past called Kingdom. Her name is Davin. She actually sang on our uh, uh, one of the songs on our record, so you might have heard her voice. Oh, I'm but, sure uh, I have. I'm her, sure I have. The band is called Eating Alive, old school, straight up in your face, good stuff. If you want to ever just try to check that out online, and or maybe you got a CD or something. If you, if you dig, you it. got my my homegirl Flora Morena. Uh, is her, her, the name of her band is uh, is Mafa. It's M M A A F A. You know. I I I I have this thing here, but listen, she's a monster bass player and a great front woman too. You got my my other girl uh, Kesha Claus from 
uh, a sharp tooth. You know, you got you got the girls were rocking. Yeah. You got the girls from Bay Patrol. You know, Bay Patrol was really good. That was some upbeat punk that you know I, 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 that I enjoyed seeing. You know, I, I love seeing the girls throw down, man. I love seeing you know sisters do their thing. You know, uh, Flora, I love you. I know you hear this. I want to see you slapping your bass soon with your old band. She got a whole African percussion section too. They playing oh, everything. They got like big earth drums and congas and everything, and they playing fucking brutal music at the same time. So it's all good. So two uh, type of dudes or pygmy uh, type dudes? No, they just like you know, it's like basic basic Nubians like me, all warriors. <laughs> Amani and Dugu, Sijambo. You know, you say yeah, they. they, they <laughs> yeah, that's a good name for a punk band, basic Nubians. Basic wow. Nubians. Yeah, it's just like you know we have, we have like cross spears on the fucking on the, on on the drums, you know. So yeah, we're basic Nubians. We just put a spear in you from like a hundred fucking yards, you know, <laughs> or or shoot you with AK forty seven one or two. I don't know. That's a great name, man. Keep that. But it could be a name of an album. Yeah, basic Nubian. So basically, okay, that's that's you know those are good trends in hardcore. This this is another dude, but Joe sent me these questions. Are are you know, as people notice, it's just me and you with this episode because we're doing it over the phone, but Joe couldn't be with us. But these, they were all sent to Joe, but he didn't send me the guy's name with this one. But I see in the emoji, he basically sent me a screenshot, there's an Irish flag, so maybe the dude's from Ireland. He said, ask Scotty, does he follow or listen to any UK hardcore bands? If so, does he have any uh, favorites he could shout out to people? What I'm saying, Ireland. right? Oh, from Ireland. You love say you from Ireland at the oh, end. Oh, love, love UK, from Ireland. He said UK hardcore, so maybe he's from right. Northern Ireland. Oh, yeah, he's from Ireland. That's, yeah, that's it, man. That's my brother's. He's from Northern Ireland. Listen, man, you know, I love you, brother. Uh, UK hardcore band? I love these nuts. These nuts? Oh, that's actually Australian. That's Australian. They're Australian? All the time I thought they were from England. Yeah. You know what, thing you might dig, and they also have uh, a very diverse lineup. The singer is a Peruvian, and the guitar player, who's a great guitar player, is a big African brother named Wima. I think you might have met Wima before. Oh, maybe not. I think you met him. What's the name of the band? Knuckle Dust. Yeah! Knuckle Dust is good! Yeah, Knuckle Dust. That's a UK I, hardcore band. That's like one of the premier Knuckle, ones. From Knuckle Wima. Dust is good. There was a uh, there was another band that was a death metal band we recently seen that was from the UK, that was good. I, I, a lot of the hardcore that that I've been hearing, man, from overseas that are, you know, like of course I love Nasty. You know, I've been hearing a lot of stuff from there. You know, uh, uh, but and but you know, then we got so much music here that I, that I've been into too. But yeah. you no, know, all the time I thought these nuts was from England. No, no nah. shit. Yeah, they're Australian cats. Actually, you know, some of them are in the U.S. now, but they started out as all Australian. Yo, I, I love that shit. That shit is so fun. <laughs> it's fucking awesome. Yeah, they, Good they're shit. on tour right now. Or maybe it's done, but they worked, They just did a tour with uh, Terror over overseas. You know, so uh, right. it's safe to say you're not too up to date on UK hardcore, but because maybe let's. You know what it is? Right? You no, know, no, no, no. All, all, all hardcore. You know, because there's a lot of shit I haven't heard. Like, I give a shout-out to my brother Uzi and their brothers in Japan, Aggressive Dogs, you know, Aggressive Dogs in the house. I got yeah. to see him black and blue ball. I love my brothers, you know. Konnichiwa to all, to all my dochi over there oh, in Konnichiwa. Japan. Konnichiwa. Yeah, I love you. I love you all, my brothers, man, in Japan, all Southeast Asia. You know, everybody, all punk rock kids, hardcore kids in China, I love you. Listen, man, 
There's so much diversity, yeah. so many bands they hear, man. But I think the problem with me is I haven't been allowed to travel abroad. Yeah. Once, once I'm able to travel, you're going to see, like, my favorites change. Because I'm going to say, yo, this band from Holland, oh, my God, I never even knew this shit existed. Yeah. And, he, and the fellas have fun with that, too, because they see the expression on my face, and they go, you like that shit, huh? Yo, that, no, they've been around for a while, Scotty. But like, damn, yo, that shit is hard as fuck. You know who you might like that is from England also? You actually met the singer. His name is Louis Skyopong. I introduced you guys in Reading, and I said, oh, oh check his name out. He's like an African warrior name, Louis Skyopong. Yeah. There's two brothers in that band. The band is called Ironed Out. Hard. Okay. Ironed I, Out. And if but you you're... If you check this stuff out online, if you like it, you let me know, and I'll send you the music. And also, I'm not sure the kid's name who sent this question, but if you want me to pass any band names to Scotty, hit us back, and I'll pass them to him, you know? Yeah, man, I definitely would appreciate that. And, yo, man, one love. And oi up, oi up to my people in the U.K., man. Yes, all, man. All, all my skins and punks over there, man, I love you. Millwall, 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 all my Millwall soccer hooligans, man, oi up. I'm more of a West Ham guy, but you know. Oh, so I want to get you starting wanker. We have, we have some problems with you. No, you know what? I don't like the soccer at all. It's just some communist bullshit, but that's enough. <laughs> Check it out. This next dude, this is an international questionnaire that I'm noticing. This guy's from Belgium. Here, here it goes. Hi, my name is Tim. I live in Belgium, and I have a few questions for Scott. First off, how would you reform the Justice Department <clears throat> the Justice Department in the U.S., and do you think the problems, in parentheses he has, with racism, cases of police brutality, and the prison system, in parentheses, in the U.S. are limited to the U.S. only? Also, if you have to choose between, ah, this is bad, if you have to choose between the new Madball record or the new Wisdom and Change record, what do you prefer? Let's disregard the last part of that question because I don't want you breaking my heart. And uh, let's just go with the first part. How would you reform the Justice Department in the U.S., and do you think those problems are limited to only the U.S.? The well, the problem racism, well, police brutality, and whatnot. Well, you got to look at the social dynamic of all the places first. Mm -hmm. um, America is different from other places. America is yeah. not like America is not like Sweden. Or America Belgium is not like from, or example. Belgium. America is not like Argentina. There might be some similarities, but now you got to factor in population. You you got to you know uh, the whole social dynamic, the whole social construct of each place. Mm. Prison in America is also an industry; it's a business. You know, you in in order for it not to be a business, you would have to change things on a judicial level. And the, the only way to go about actually successfully changing things, it would take a couple of generations. But it all starts with educating the kids. Mm -hmm. How you educate them, how, how you teach them, how you, how you inspire them to strive for more, to strive for better. You know, we live in this venture capitalist society that, that tells you, yo, you gotta get yours. You gotta get money, but when you have limited know-how and limited education, but you, you, you're exposed to the know-how of packaging cocaine or cooking crack or fucking stuffing weed in the nickel and dime bags. If you've been exposed to that, but you got to get ahead because you don't want no fucked up sneakers. You want the latest uh, LeBron sneakers too. You you want the latest gear too, just like every other kid in the hood. Or, you know, you're like the kid growing up in the trailer park. 
You know, he, he, he wants to get out of the trailer park maybe one day. He wants to get a nice pickup truck, whatever. But you, you, you know, you, you have limited skills, let's say, or limited education. The only way you're going to change the justice system is by changing the people who end up becoming a part of it, uh, uh, incarcerated by it. You know, you, you, you would have to have a major overhaul and it would have to start with how, how you teach the children. Because, because they're going to go off. Yeah, you're kind, of, you're kind of saying the system can't be reformed, but people can avoid it. No, the system can be reformed, but you need the overall things before you reach the system level to where you're affected by the system. Let's say, like, all right, take me for example. I was an honor student growing up. Mm-hmm. Somewhere along the line, you know, I understand. You know, my my father ended up getting custody of me, but. He didn't want the responsibility of being a, a parent, let's say. And I, I, shit, I don't know if he ever really did. I know he loves me to an extent, but I end up, you know, being somewhat victimized between my parents' bullshit, them making up and breaking up, them separating, my mom taking me to California, I'm coming back, I'm living at my grandparents'. No, my story is similar to many other kids' story and many other adults who were from broken families, broken homes, and, you know, some people have way worse stories. You know, they were victim of drug abuse or sexual abuse, and God bless them, you know, if they, they hear and they survive through all of that. You know, I was a victim of physical abuse. You know, uh, but let's say we went back, and, you know, I was afforded certain opportunities at that at that crucial time in my life, man, where somebody could have grabbed me up and said, Yo, you know what? You're too fucking smart to be running around here in the Lower East Side of Manhattan doing petty crime, you know? We should put you in some type of college program and put you, boom, and grab my punk ass up and put me in that direction. I think in order to overhaul the system, you you have to change things in in the school curriculum. You have to change things for the kids mm-hmm. because that's the only way you're going to affect a, a large social change in our society. Because it's going to come from the next generation. They're going to be the next set of taxpayers, the, the next workforce, the, the next members of the infrastructure of society are going to be our current young people. So if you want to change the, the, the criminal justice system, you want to change how people are incarcerated, you want to change police brutality, I think police need to be cha- uh, trained differently. I think that what they're trained. What would you tra- really do in that case? What would you well, they train, they train the police to look for suspects or potential suspects. That's understood. So if you're in an urban setting and people look a particular way, do rag on, throw in the red flag, throw in the blue flag, you, and you're there with the squad commander that's training, you say, yeah, well, what do you, what do you identify here on the film when they're in the film room and you got a bunch of cadets? Well, sir, uh, Sarge, I see a bunch of, there's black males sitting on a stoop smoking what appears to be marijuana and they're all wearing red. And then the, the squad commander goes, yeah, well, they're all blood gang members. And then they say, all right, we're going to show you another slide. Boom. They say, all right, these guys are all Latino. They're all covered with tattoos. And they're all wearing yellow and black, let's say. And they say, somebody jumps up and goes, there, you know, the guy says, oh, these guys are all Latin king. Let's well, say. I was going right. to say they're all mad ball. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was like, oh, man, Jesus Christ. Listen to what I'm saying. No, now, now they say, now... They're, they're showing them and profiling certain gangs in the hood, let's say. 
and now uh, they show another film, and they say these guys are all wearing a motorcycle club patch, and they all got Harley Davidsons. And they say, well, when you approach these particular guys, approach with caution because they're heavy in the organized crime. So now they teach them at the training level to look for particular criminals, right? And if you fit any of these criteria, they're automatically thinking that you're like this. Now, when they're on the beat and they're on the job, if you fit any of these type of description, big white guy, full of tattoos, riding a Harley, the automatic, uh, uh, automatic assumption to them is biker. Yeah. Latin guy, full of tattoos, do-rag on, boom, boom, boom. That guy's either, you know, he's either, you know, La Raza, some, you know, he's a Chicano, probably yeah. a thug, Miedra, whatever. And they're going to, you see, you see a black guy wearing too much flow, he's a crip. Mm-hmm. You know, you see, so they they teach them to profile when they're being trained. And then what happens, they end up fucking with or shooting a kid that ain't affiliated with nothing. Yeah. Sometimes they, sometimes they get it wrong, sometimes they get it right. You know, I was in prison with a whole bunch of guys, but the, the, the profiling shit, the profiling shit in that way has to stop. You got to deal with everybody on a case by case basis. The same way I look at police. All the police aren't bad. It's just the way they're trained. And then it's this whole tribalism, like you said earlier. It's this tribalism. We're all on the same team, squad. We're all cops. So if one cop goes down, we fuck everything up. Yeah, yeah. Yo, you 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 can't have this like this, man. Somebody somebody has to be a civil servant. That's a thinking person. Yeah, even the the civilians. The civilians do the same thing. Yeah, they, they, either they're always with cops or they're always against cops. It's rare that they're just open on individual cases. And oh, in this case, I could see why Officer So and So did that. It's either they hate cops or they're cop worshippers. I'm, I'm always a, right or always wrong. I'm gonna tell you a unique dynamic. Hmm. Uh, one thing with all the racism going on and different shit like that. I'm gonna tell you the one group of people, and it tickles me, man, to the core of me that are always ultra-sweet to me, and I mean genuinely because they don't have to be, little white women are always nice to me. Yeah? I, I don't know. I think they appreciate manners. I think that's, that, that, that's part of it, too, but I, I always have them coming like we're in a supermarket or something like that, and they, they always make nice comments to me. They'll tell me I'm handsome. It's like, you're such a good boy. I remember there was a little old Italian lady standing behind me, in the supermarket, and I was going to check out line, and she was holding my hair back when I had my hair. And I turned around, and I looked, and it was so cute. This lady had to be about 80 years old. And she said, oh, my God, this is actually all of your hair? And it, and it didn't mean anything. She didn't even ask me. She's just holding my hair. And I thought it was so cute. But And I said, wow, you know, this is an amazing thing. No matter where I go, there's a little, little old white women are always nice to me. They always treat me like I'm their son or their grandson, you know. But... <laughs> You know, uh, people are people, man. You know, maybe maybe it is the manners. Maybe people can see your aura. They, they you know they they that's see that you're too. Yeah. They, they, they see that you know you're trustworthy. And I, I literally will pick up all of your groceries and set them in your car, mom. Yeah, yeah. you know what I mean. Like you probably say, this this young man is a nice man. Yeah. No, you're a good dude. People can sense that. You know. Yeah. You know, yeah. an average person can sense it. A person with any kind of perception, kind of. Yes, they'll definitely feel it, you know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing that bugs me, too, man. Like, people say, yeah, I'm a dick. I'm a real piece of shit. 
Why the fuck would you want to be identified as any yeah, of those that's, I, You know, that's another trend I think that's going on in hardcore. The, uh, I'm a dick. Yeah. The you know, well, nice, like, nice to meet you, dick. A girl, you know? a girl proud to be a bitch, a guy that's proud to be an asshole. That's a weird fucking thing going on right now, isn't it? What the fuck is that? You're, you're proud to be that until you run into the real asshole or the real exactly. bitch. Exactly. And then, and then your charade is over, Halloween's over, and you yeah, get Yeah, I tell a motherfucker. I tell the motherfucker, I'm a, you know, listen, I don't have to tell you I'm a good dude, but I'd rather be on that side of the fence. Yeah, no doubt. And that was Tim from from Belgium. Good question. I like that question. Now yeah, Tim. Guy. Yeah, Tim. Changing those things around. No, no. I want to reiterate. It, it, it would take some heavy, heavy changes in the social construct of our society, and it primarily would have to be put towards the growth and development of children. Yeah. So the next generation would be, you know, good. I like that. And I bet Tim likes that, too. What do you think, Tim? All right, check this one out. This one goes, another, this is also prison-related. This is from CGSD1976. A question for Scott E. Banks. What advice would you give to a loved one that is going to prison for the first time? When you When you get there... If you haven't finished high school, get your GED. If they offer a college program, take the college exam. Read every fucking book you can get your hand on, fiction and nonfiction. Try to load up on the self-help books. Don't take anything from anybody on the juggle. And please do not start doing drugs while you're locked up, especially heroin, because you'll fucking create a fucking habit. Mm. Very good advice. And the first person that stunts on you, like on a step C, you want some gorilla shit, yeah. punch him right in the mouth, even if you can't win. It's better to get beat, to sh get the shit beat out of you and save face than to get beat up, because now you're going to be a bitch the whole time you're there. Now, did you see something like Did something like that happen to you early on? Did somebody step on you? Oh, yeah. Fucking dude stole shit out of my fucking cell. Like right off the bat, just to see what kind of dude you were or just see if you No, that motherfucker was hungry. I had a bunch of food. <laughs> what did you take care of him or what? I washed his ass up, man, like a fucking box of Tide in a fucking Maytag washing machine. I beat his ass, out, baby. I, I beat his ass from the fucking shower room almost to the front gate. The fucking COs tackled me to the ground. You know, now the next question is also prison related, but since we're on this, you being a brother young in, in prison, but also a very proud, hardcore dude. That does not front, does not hide his passion for heavy music. How was it in there when the other brothers realized there's something a little different about you? Ay, ay, ay. Ay, con yo, man. Woo. These motherfuckers, they say to me, you know, brothers say, how oh, you listen to that crazy white boy music, though? That's some devil worship shit you listening to. I said, no, it's really not. Yo, they even got they got black and Latino brothers making this music. Get the fuck out of here. They don't make it. Then I would show them pictures of Hoya and show them pictures of Freddie and show them pictures of Roger and be like, yo, this is my family. They're in the bands. Mm -hmm. No. What? Yo, son, yo, these dudes, yo. One guy was so against this shit. I remember Hoya had sent me a bunch when they were on Roadrunner Records. He sent me a bunch of tapes. So yeah, a kid named Shaw that's from Brooklyn, he was a stick-up kid from Brooklyn, he was like, yo, how could you listen to this shit? Yo, let me hear one of those tapes, man. Because you over here jamming out to this shit, man. This shit is bugged out. 
Yo, I gave him set it off. Yeah. Yo, he fucking, he went through maybe about three songs. He took his headphones off. He was like, yo, yo, son. He was like, yo, this shit is hard, man. Yo, these motherfuckers are the truth. I said, I've been trying to tell you this shit all along. But he's like, I'm telling you, they're from New York City, man. The singer's from fucking Brooklyn, homie. He was like, yo, this shit, he's like, yo, this song, this song 5-0, this shit is hard as fuck. Yo, they're getting at the police, son. I was like, yo, this this is Madball. This is my religion. This is what we do. And so, he, yo, so I, I kind of turned him on because he was a straight hip-hop kid. He yeah. wasn't trying. He wasn't trying to hear no, no hardcore shit. And I introduced him to the shit, and he was like, yo, you got any more shit like this? So I would only give him, you know, that, that, that thugcore hardcore, you know, that, that we're familiar with, you know, that hard, hard, hard shit. But yeah, man, a lot of a lot of a lot of brothers just wasn't jacking that. Did you have any guys that were definitely like disrespectful about it? Yeah, some guys, but only to an extent because guys try to avoid problems in prison, contrary to contrary to popular belief. Because, well, especially with somebody they know that is willing to go to go the extra mile. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I'll tell anybody. You know, back to the question at hand with the brother that. You know that may have a family member going to prison. Yeah. Don't start nothing. You know, try to avoid it. But if it's coming your way, you gotta step up because that's the one place that they weaknesses. You know, like you're, like the new album and new wisdom and change album. Nothing in nature respects weakness. Well, mm-hmm. nothing in prison respects weakness, bro. Yeah. Motherfucker step to you, you gotta hit him. Yeah. You gotta hit him. Even if you take the even if you take the L, man, knuckle up. And let me tell you something. A lot of dudes, a lot of dudes are street tough. They might have somewhat of a knuckle check, but they'll have like popsicle legs. Give them mm-hmm. some leg kicks. Yeah. Do that old UFC shit, man. Wear them. Do that Muay Thai. Wear them legs down. Wear them. The motherfuckers don't like getting kicked in their leg. They gonna try and push as many punches to your face as possible, but they ain't got no legs. So, listen, if you got any wrestling background in your repertoire, take a motherfucker to the ground. Take a motherfucker to the yeah, take a, a double leg to high cross, one leg takedown, shoot the legs. But what I'm saying is fight. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't let a motherfucker punk you because the motherfucker's going to try to be in your pocket all the time. So did anybody <laughs> ever try to punk you over the music? No. Guys would say shit, uh-huh. but, it, it, but it, you know, if it turned into something personal, it would be... The motherfucker just didn't like me anyway. Yeah. So that would probably be their end. You know, talk about the music, but if I liked hip-hop, you'd still find a reason not to like me. Yeah, yeah. That's, uh, that's why. Where did I put the fucking phone with the quill here? That was, uh, well, the dude before, he didn't have a real name, but his, uh, his screen name was, uh, CGSD1976. Now, this is from ex-Cody X from Salt Lake. He says he enjoyed your last interview on Post-America. And do you have a hard time listening and enjoying the Crow Mags considering the situation you had with Harley when he was uh, basically being a rat? Yes. Yes, I do. I do enjoy it. Do you have because a hard I can, time I, with enjoying it? Like, oh no, no, I no, I don't, I don't have a hard time. I've just seen the Chromags like a, 
like a, a week ago. Mm -hmm. I've seen them, you know, in Murphy's Law. No, and, and, and let's say you, let's say you put on an brick. album, and you know that that's hardly pumping that bass. Does the album bother you? One of my favorite albums. One no, one of my favorite albums is Age of Quarrel. Let's let's mm -hmm. go back. Yeah. I could disassociate the behavior of one individual from the music. Mm -hmm. R. Kelly, R. Kelly, pretty much is like a, a documented pedophile. Wow, this is this goes to another question. But R. Kelly is a fucking one of the greatest singers on earth. Yeah, let's be real about this. I mean, Kevin Spacey has been outed too, as uh, 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 touching young dudes and doing all kind of crazy shit. Yeah. Fucking dude's a phenomenal actor. So now, some there's people that have done a lot of weird and crazy shit. Jerry Lee Lewis was had an incestuous relationship with a co cousin and was abusive. But the motherfuckers in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I mean, there's a whole bunch of people that have done crazy shit, but their accomplishments, you can't take yeah. that. That's like saying O.J. Simpson wasn't a great football player. Fuck yeah, he was a great football player. Shitty husband, you know. <laughs> but a great football player. No, he wasn't that bad. You know, you learn how to duck and dodge. This question is, I'm going to skip a few ahead just because you took, took to this topic. This is from Chuck Taylor. Underscore AMS. I have a question for Scott on the upcoming episode. What up, Chuck? Watched, what's up, Chuck? I just watched Inglorious Bastards for the umpteenth time, and the ending credits. I had to see both Tarantino and Harvey Weinstein's name. The night before, I watched The Usual Suspects again, and Kevin Spacey is the main actor. I love both movies, but have some genuine. They both have some genuine scumbags involved with those movies. Can you watch movies or TV shows knowing that the people involved are terrible people, or does it stop you from watching them? No, it doesn't stop me from watching them. So you just you just separate. Well, you you look separate look what, look look what you look what you're saying in, in in regards to that. Yeah. The people in the movie are portraying fictitious people. Yeah. They're and not portraying. Harvey Weinstein. He's just, uh, he's like a. Uh, you he's know, a producer. If, if 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 I go if I go all that way, yeah, he's a producer. If mm -hmm. I go all that way with everything, it would change the dynamics of my life completely. Mm -hmm. Do you know how, you do know how many politicians and fucking all kind of fucking people that are scumbags that make the world that we live in possible right now? Yeah, I'd be on a tear hating people and every looking looking through my cornflakes to find the enemy. Man, I got no time for all of that shit. I, I, I got to live my individual life and, and love the people in my life, you know, I, I, as well. We ain't, got, we ain't got time. I'll be looking for a fucking villain in every fucking thing, dude. Yeah. No, that's why I skipped to that question because it kind of went. You know, you know how many oh, friends I've had? You know how many friends I've had in my life whose parents don't like black people? But their kids do. So I'm, yeah. friends, I'm friends with the kids or I'm dating a daughter or whatever, a granddaughter. But, like, grand, grandpappy can't stand black people. Mm -hmm. But if her grandfather gets sick, I'm going to send my genuine condolences because that's her grandfather. He might not be happy that I'm knocking down his granddaughter, but you know, this is what I'm saying. You know how many dudes, hug, you know, many dudes and, hug me and love me and members of their and, family wouldn't like to see us together as buddies? And true or false, while you're having sex with them, aren't you feeling like you're one-upping them? Well, usually, usually I don't. Usually I don't know. You know, I mean, yo, we could take it to that level. I mean, you know, if you, we, yeah, we're gonna stop racism one white woman at a time. No, I mean, oh, <laughs> listen. No, I mean, you, you, 
You you could you could go that road. But that's the kind of low road too, man. If you love it. If, if you're loving up a woman, man, you gotta, you know, it's about you and her, man. It's about the intimate relationship between you two. You know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not taking the whole fucking social construct to bed with me. I'm taking this young woman to bed with me. You know, I'm not taking the rest of the world. And I, it ain't freaking off in the room with us. It's just us. You know, yeah, sometimes we go, we go overboard with some of this shit, man. Yeah. Really, man. Love people, man, that are around you. Love people in the moment, man. You know, and even some of those people, man, that don't like you because you're black or you're Italian or you're Jewish or you're or you're 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 you're, you're Chinese or whatever you may be, a Latino. Yeah, you know, the people, the people secretly love you any fucking way. Yeah, we know you're talking a lot about love, so this next question would be good. Yeah, this is from. Yeah, let me. I just gotta skip it. Just sent me all all screenshots of the fucking question, so I gotta click it to see the name. This is from Callie Jen. And okay. She says, I love the podcast, love the episode, the prior episode with Scott, and I love Richie's voice. Oh, thank you very much. Jen, stop flirting with me, though. I'm engaged. Okay, you know what I'm saying? But uh, she's trying, trying, trying to get Richie hit with a prime pan. I know. I'm going to get in trouble. She said, I have a question. Scott, polyamorous or monogamous, which lifestyle do you prefer? Well, I know monogamous. I mean, that's what I'm accustomed to. Yeah. But but if I had more than one woman and it and it, it was suited that way, I wouldn't be opposed to that either. Could you handle that, knowing that they would also be able? Oh, to not do only would I, not only would I handle it, I'd want it structured like this. I want my one wife to be older than me, maybe mm -hmm. a little bit, or maybe at this age, being that I'm 48, I'd want her to be my age. I'd want the, the second wife to be somewhere in the middle, like in her. Like mid to early thirties, and well, I want she didn't to, say I, polygamous. I, she said polyamorous, which means that the female could also go out on the side and get. Well, that wouldn't be so bad, but there's certain dynamics to the female form that they're, they're not relevant to the to the male form. Obviously, we can't get pregnant. Yeah, you know, and then there's emotional attachments. You know, you bring in another dude into the fray, but you're fucking with me at the same time. That 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 normally don't end up right. Because we're built different. You you might like to think psychologically uh, that that we're 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 not, but no, that 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 definitely is going to be that. So then you're not down for polyamorous then? I don't know how much it would work. But I mean, could you could you handle that? Knowing like one, you're home one night and knowing that the girl's coming home tomorrow morning because she's shacked, you know shacked up with another dude. And the only way I, cool the it? only the only way I would be cool with it if it was by one of my brothers that you know like that, like I trust, because it, yeah. there's you there's a lot of factors in that too. You fucking yeah. around, we talking about sex, man. That that shit is gooey, ooey, ooey, man. You 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 exchanging bodily fluids, motherfuckers. Hygiene got to be up to fucking bar. Now I'm saying I wash my ass two one two times a day, man. I'm clean. I'm clean as a whistle. I don't know what that other dude is. Motherfucker got to wash their balls. You got to wash their underarm. Wash that ass. You know, listen. Uh, I, you know, there's a whole bunch of things. I brush and floss my teeth every fucking day. So, you know, you getting busy with me, you got to have to have good hygiene. So now if she's fucking with me and she's fucking with him, but son ain't got a hygiene like me, now there's, there's a whole bunch of complications there, man. No, I, I got you. I got you. I'm just saying. You know, but if you question, Jen did. I know you didn't ask the question, <laughs> but I'm answering the motherfucker. I'm saying, yo, I mean... No, it's not something that I've been exposed to. It's not something that I'm used to. I don't yeah. know, man. It's some fucking weird shit. 
Yeah. <laughs> I think this is uh with the with the, maybe a younger some younger people this is more normal to them or something. I don't know. No, nah, man, listen, we were fucking everybody, man, when we were fucking teenagers. Yeah, yeah. But like on the sneak. This is like you're supposed to be okay with it. You're supposed to No, we went through a, we went through a phase and like see I'm a little bit older than you. You experienced these things in like the nineties. I was already with in the eighties on the lower east side. We were we were changing partners on a regular basis. Mm. Like, girl would be with me one one night or through the course of a weekend, and then she's with another guy. You know, would it be like a legitimate? This is your your girlfriend, and she's allowed. To you you might add a you you might add a girl that you hooked up with a lot more so than you hooked up with other girls. Yeah, you know, but. People, we were young, and we were stupid, and we were high, man. Everybody was fucking each other, man. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, one day I'm with a gothic chick. One day I'm with a girl with the spiked hair. One day I'm with a skin bird. You know, one in the skin bird I'm fucking is fucking another skinhead dude. You know, it's like, you know, we were young, man. We were trying to fucking, we were living like real suburbia. <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, we, we, we had so much hang-ups and inhibitions, you know, it was, Different, you know, but you start talking about relationships, man. That should be something that's sacred and special. You know, uh, so between, you're going towards monogamy. Yeah, I'm more geared towards that because I'm raised. I'm raised in a society in, in a in a life, you know, where that was prevalent. Yeah. So you're more like a penguin. Penguins are like that, aren't they? Yeah. I, if I had kids, I'm going to sit on my child all day, keep them warm. <laughs> No, like I don't you know, <laughs> fucking jump in the water, icy water, and go get fish. You know, you know I mean that that part of being a penguin. Yeah, no, I know what you meant. I was fucking right, around. That's that's uh, Callie Jen. Thank you, Jen. Now check this dude out. Hey, Jen, I'm coming to see you. I'm coming to see you, honey. I'll see you. Ah! <laughs> what you about? Get it popping. <laughs> now check this dude. This is Chicago Bull. There's no real name. He said, in this scenario, you have Better to... Better be able to dribble. You're in... Yeah, for real, with a name like that. In the New York State prison system, you have to join one, Bloods or Crips. You'd be... In New York State, you'd be safer joining Blood. Yeah, but how about you? You'd go to the... You'd, in this fantasy scenario of his, you have to join one. I wouldn't join any. Come no. on, it's a fantasy scenario. I was already asked to join one, and, and I made all the guys laugh. I made the OG there laugh at the time. I said, oh, I'll join. Just make me the head of the whole East Coast. They said, nigga, you bugging. <laughs> and then when I pointed out to him why, he, he took me serious because we were walking around the yard smoking a blunt. Mm-hmm. And I told him, I said, you guys got all of this stuff here. You got a whole fucking small army here, and you don't put any of your drug money towards getting a legal firm to help you all get out of prison. Mm. And he stopped, and he turned and looked at me, and he was like, yo, you right, son. I was like, (laughs) you guys should be sending all that money out to one legal firm to work on uh, 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 12, 20 of your cases and try Mm -hmm. to get your cases overturned so you can get the fuck out of jail. And then when you guys run out of food, when one of your soldiers run out of food, they come and ask me for shit, but my crew comes to visit me every fucking weekend. Mm -hmm. So what's the sense of being in the gang, man, if the gang ain't fucking helping the greater good of itself? Yeah. So in in this fantasy scenario, you refuse to answer. But as you're saying, the Bloods do have more power in that prison system. Yeah, they, they in 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 New York State prison system, they got 
there's way more of them and it's the uh, better thing. The best, the best gang you could be in in prison is the law library gang. The college. LLGs. The college gang. LLGs, huh? Law library yeah. gang. Law library, law library gang because you fucking help yourself. You learn case law. You learn a whole bunch of terminologies you never learned before. And the college gang. Get in the college LLG. gang. Get a, get a fucking education. He's like, fuck, fuck all that other fucking peanut butter and jelly bullshit. Go get a fucking education. Now, check this dude out. This is Dave. I don't know where Dave's from. Wendy's. He says, yeah, he probably runs Wendy's. Hi, Dave. He says, hi, fellas. First of all, happy new year to all of you. I would like to address these questions to Scott. Okay. First off, how did you deal with negativity, resentment, and anger in incarceration? Well, it depends on how it was presented to me. Where I could avoid it, I, I, I went away from it. Uh-huh. When, when you had to take hard options, you dealt with it right then. And his second one, your three favorite books. George Orwell's 1984. Mm. Uh, Frank Herbert's Dune. What is that, Dune? Dune, D-U-N-E, Frank like Herbert. The movie made with a big worm? Like, with the big worm. Shahalu, the worm. Yo, that movie was boring as hell, though. Come on. They're redoing it, though. They didn't have the technology they have now. They do it now. If they do it right now, that shit will be so fire. But if you ever do want to watch it or you got a fire stick, pull up Frank Herbert's Dune, the sci-fi, yeah. the sci-fi original movie. That's the best rendition. Right? The, only big, the only big worm I want to see is from Friday. Remember that shit? <laughs> no, I don't want to. I don't have to see that worm. <laughs> you know, listen. Uh, George Orwell's 1984, Frank Herbert's Dune, and probably Cormac McCarthy, The Road. The Road? Oh, I've been hearing about that. Didn't they try to make that into a movie? They did make it into a movie with Eagle Morrison. Very good movie. I See, I like the movies always better than the books, in my opinion. But I, I read so many fucking books, man. <laughs> Jesus. But I... I would say those three books are three of my favorite books. Okay, that's good. Uh, you know, I love a lot of David Morrell stuff. I love Stephen King. You know, I, I, uh, uh, Robert Ludlum. I love a lot of, a lot of Robert Ludlum books. But and his yeah. last thing is your New Year's goals or plans. What are they? Uh, get my album completed. I recently recorded 14 tracks towards my spoken word slash rap album. Uh, so get that all finished. Get all, you know, I'm, I'm working with the, with the brothers from Underground Producers Alliance, uh, Rasmussini, Scotty Hard. You know, they blessed me with uh, engineering some sound and my vocals, and Raz is putting together uh, the beats for me, and we're doing that, working with my brother Dan Hogan, who's who's my partner and manager, and, you know, creating my website, uh, putting all those things together. You know, we recently got the URL for my podcast, which is, is going to be entitled uh, Till the Wheels Fall Off, Till the Wheels Fall Off Podcast, nice. feature, featuring your host, Scott Ebanks. Yeah, you said that really cool, man. And, well, that's yeah. that's how it's going to go, you know, and... uh I think so we're going to road talking about. Is this like the pictures I've been seeing? You were in front of the mic in the studio and all of that? 
Yeah, that's me. Uh, that was when I went down to do the session. You know, I was in there, and you know, it's a lot of real spiritually draining. Oh. Boy, you feel tired after you make music. You know that. Yeah. And man, I got in there. I was there for maybe about a good five hours, and just doing the sound, you know, doing my vocals and doing the overdubs and things. But, you know, we put some nice shit together, man, and the brothers blessed me, man. And I had uh, Juma Sultan, who was the percussionist for Jimi Hendrix at Woodstock. He came, and the old-timer came and drummed some some drum wow. patterns for me. So uh, we, we, we're trying to put, we're gonna put something together. We're definitely going to put something out. And hopefully, you know, we're going to have that out this year as well as we're rebooting my clothing line, Black Viking Clothing. And nice. so we got a couple of things, you know, on the horizon, man. But definitely I want to get this podcast off the ground. We're kind of going to model it after the Joe Rogan show, who I love very much. I love Thank Joe you. Rogan, man. You know, I, I admire him very much. And, very you know, fair his, guy, isn't he? Very fair. Very fair guy. Yeah. Very, you know. Authentically interested. And, and, yeah, and open-minded and. Yeah, you know, I have a little bit of like I don't give a fuck type attitude, but it, yeah. it's taste, it's tastefully done. He, he's yeah. not a dick at all. You know, he's he, and he comes off like he really is. Like he's a kick, he's a kickboxer and he's a fighter, a jujitsu guy. But yeah. you know, he's a big for the UFC and you know. But at the same time, he's got an open mind and a you know, conscious mind. And you know, he's not he's not a dick. So I I, I, I gather a lot from that. I gather a lot from from you and Joe and, and my brother Hoyer from the Smoking Word podcast. Oh, he's got that going again. Yeah, you know how I how you know y'all have managed to put together podcasts, but I want to do mine audio visual. So I I want to have it to where we got cameras set up and whoever I'm interviewing, we we can watch it. You know, we can watch it on my YouTube channel. Good for YouTube, and, yeah. And uh, you know, try you know try and hook it up so we can you know. Have have our YouTube out there for everybody, and everybody log in and see what's next on until the wheels fall off podcast. You know, with your host, with with your host Scott yeah. Evax. And Scott how, how cool is it to see uh, guys like uh, Vinny Paz or John Joseph uh, hit the <coughs> Joe Rogan experience? That, that, that's Ooh. awesome. Well, 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 here's the beauty of that. Uh, I'll I'll have them all on my podcast too. Yeah. That's great, man. That's Hopefully one day I'll be on Joe Rogan's podcast, and we can really turn yeah, it up. Yeah. They'll be like, hey, brother. you got to get that book out. you got to get the fucking book out. You know, everybody keeps telling me this, man, and and I have to sit down with somebody that's way better at writing than me. I mean, it's I, not an easy task. For even if you're really good at writing, I would imagine, because it's... I, I don't feel... I don't feel that uh, I'm I'm prepared myself mm-hmm. to to write my own biography. Yeah. I know the words, I know the stories I'll tell, but you know you you know it is a lot to do with editing and you know you know you want to say something, but some things, man, you can be long winded, and you know things you gotta you have to make it poignant and somewhat concise. You know, reading Roger's uh, 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 biography, I thought it was great. You know, I, I took a lot, a lot from that, and it was so well written. You know, I realized that I, I do need someone to come along that journey with me. You know, help me put that together. Wow, yeah, that's a that would be, I and mean, yeah, it'd probably be very hard for you because what do you leave out? 
what do you have to deal with that maybe you don't want to deal with personally? You know, like what are you willing to put out there? I think that, I think that the best things, the the media stuff. There's a lot of the stuff that that you might maybe mentally should send it yeah, out. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mentally and emotionally mm-hmm. would be difficult for me to put out, but I think those would be the best things to help other people. I think those yeah. would be the best things for me too. Yeah, 100%. You know, uh, I think, you know, it's like speaking about child abuse, yeah. right? And, and me being me being an uh, abused child, it's, it's difficult to talk about that because the person involved, I love the most in the world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I still love her to death. You know what I mean? I love my mom. You know, I, I love her now. You know, I, I wish I was in a better financial situation where I could even take care of my mother, you know? And 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 she was abused as a child too. You know, I, I would be remiss not to point that out. That this pattern of abuse passed down through generations. But I, I think when we speak about it, man, it helps us to heal from it. You know. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I I think some of the some of the best things that'll be in my book will be shit that'll be difficult for me to talk about. A hundred percent. And and also the most helpful things you know for other people. Oh, fuck yeah. It's like somebody, people ask me, what is it like in solitary confinement? Ooh. It's like, wow, damn, how, how, how can I capture that in words? Yeah. Yeah, you could kind of only just tell them the physical amount of time in and out. Uh, if any contact with another human throughout the day, how long it might be. You know, but yeah, how could you ever make them feel it? That takes a... Yeah, that takes certain words and certain a certain flair for writing, you know. Yeah, you know. Uh, yeah, you need you need you need some prose on deck, man. Uh, I really think that it would it would uh, be be wrong for me to even you know fully attempt on my own to. Well, you we know, got guys like Roger and, and and John Joseph now who who are putting out books and really really good books and. I'm sure they got the contacts you might need to take those steps, you know. Because I, I remember Roger talking when he, we had him on the podcast about the guy who really helped him to push and write his latest book and how he went over it, like real, uh, you know, helping him a lot, more of this, less of that, focus on this, so on, you know, just really helping out. Yeah, you need like a pro, a guy that does it for a living at first, I'd imagine, anyway. But uh, check this out. We got a, a last question. This one, I got on my phone. So let me, I got to look at my phone while I talk. Hold on a second. Okay. It says, first off, fellas. Oh, this is from Christopher Greeson. Okay. Hi, Chris. Fellas, first off, love the podcast. Love Wick. New album. is one of the best of 2008. You guys killed it at This Is Hardcore. And... I wanted to ask, I saw Mr. Ebanks at Tsunami Fest, and I wondered what he thought was the best part of the day, the best set, question mark, respect. Best part of the day. That's Christopher Greeson. I had I had two parts. Hmm. Being on stage with with my brothers and Brick by Brick and doing the Motorhead cover song, which 
I love to hear them do Iron Fist. You know, I love yeah, to, I love right. to, you know, I love to see Mike, you know, you know, ripping away at his guitar and you know chugging away and and, and Ray singing. You know, I you know I love the energy they bring all the time. But to do a, a classic Motorhead song, man, is always a beautiful thing and an honor to do it with my brothers. And I, I thought that was great. I also being up there on stage with with you and, and Joe and all the brothers. You know that's always that's always great, and you know here you hear a whole audience in Pennsylvania. I fucking love you. Oh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I just that you know that fighting in the streets, and you know, I, I never get enough of that, man. But I, you know, I, I love the whole I love the whole time at, at Tsunami Fest. It's always great, man. It's like yeah. You know what I like about Tsunami? I love just chilling out in the back when the weather's nice. Yeah, we chill out in the back, have a little drink, eat a, eat a, eat a slider or two. When I saw the photo, I first got there, I seen you profiled up with a lady on each side. You were chilling like a pimp back there. I said, oh, look at my man. He's having oh, a good time. You want to know something, man? People, people you know, you, you see it for what it is, and you see it really in a good way. You know, people always form their opinions, but I'm gonna tell you what, man. There's no better place to be than, and you know, by some beautiful women and everybody's happy and you're chilling. Yeah, totally. Where, where the fuck else would you want to be? Look, some ugly dudes. Get the fuck out of here. Yeah, with my man, leg. I, no, I want to hang out with. And the girls are sweet. You know, they, you know, they want somebody wants to get up and get you a drink. Scotty, you want something? Yeah, else? Honey, you want something to eat? Giggle. See a little. Man, I just want. I just want to lay down in their lap and have them rub my bald head. I'm just like, I'm, I, all men are like big kids, man. We're like big yeah. babies. It's like, you know, man, I want to, I want to, let me put my head on your breast. Yeah. This is a good place. And they smell so fucking good, man. Mm-hmm. I fucking love it. <laughs> Who the fuck doesn't want to be, listen, I want to be sandwiched between three, four women and just chilling. My man. Scott, with you, I don't want to move. I'm good. Yo, listen, stay right there, homie. We're going to get you a beer. That's it. It's like, I don't want to go nowhere. I'm good right here. No, that's yeah, I've seen you. look like you're enjoying yourself, and that's always beautiful. I love to see no, people. No, I mean, you, 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 that's where you should be. Yeah. That's where you, that's where you should be. You should, you should be sandwiched between nice women, or you just with one nice, sweet girl. Yeah, you know, it's good. 100%. Shit, my my idea with a good thing would be with a nice young lady curled up, got the remote on her hip watching Jeopardy. Yeah, and you're answering all the questions and pressing her. You no, know, we you no, know, she answering some too. She's beating me. Oh, all right, all right. Well, I, I, said, well, I don't like that shit. You be quiet, woman. No, man, we can't be like. Oh, oh, I like no, I like smart women. Yeah, a, yeah, that's that's, like that's the most. I don't like no, dumb people in general, man. No, no, listen, that's the most attractive thing. When you got, I don't mind my woman being smarter than me. Shit, I don't. Yeah. When people say, "Would you mind if your wife makes more money than you?" I look at them like they stupid. Whoa, 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 whoa. what? Nah, nah. He's like, he's like, like, did you actually just ask me that question? He's like, oh, so I'm a car detailer at a fucking at a reputable car uh, car dealership, and and my girlfriend is a fucking young doctor. Let's let's say that's the case, right? Get rid of her, Scotty. Are you fucking make crazy? Make it more than you. Get rid of I'll be like, yo, honey, drop that shit on me. And and she, I make more than me. I don't, I don't got no issue with that. I would give. I'd be happy. I'd be happy. I'd be honored that my girl's like, yo, 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 homie, what's your girl do for a living? Yo, she's a fucking physicist, right? 
Yo, son, stop playing, man. Like, no, I'm serious. She's a physicist. Yeah. But that's you know? crazy, because there are no, there's not any <laughs> girl physicists, are there? Of course there are. Get out of here, Scotty. I don't believe that. Yeah. Oh, man, get out of here. You stop now. Please, please, please. No, please. I know Listen. you know. <laughs> Listen, that's, that's the question we got. And we went my, girl, my girl works on quantum mechanics and string theory. Wow. You know what I mean? I'd, wow. be, I'd be like, yo, yo, she, yo, son, she bad, son. See, there was not, a dude on Rogan that was talking about string theory. I didn't, I didn't, three hours, I still didn't know what the hell he was talking about. Get into it, man. You know, noise. And then, you know, they they start talking about alternate universes and how, like, time is like an onion and, you know, relativity, like, there's like an onion, there's layers and it can peel away and there's layers under that layer and, you know, I can, I can listen to that shit all day. I am, I am expert in one string theory, the guitar string, my man. That's it, six string, six string, that's right. Ernie Ball. Ernie Ball, Ernie Ball in the house. Ernie Ball in the house, nigga. Yeah. That's the sponsorship too. I'm glad you said that. Right? So, listen, that's what we that's what we got. It wisdom and change, homie. I know you're Steve. Yeah, yeah, for real. Now, next time I get you on the phone, we got to do a recap of that great Agnostic Front documentary. Listen, let me tell you, if all of y'all out there in podcast land that haven't heard the new, or haven't seen my brother's documentary, that's on Showtime. Incredible. Please go and watch Agnostic Front Doc. It 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 it's it's heartfelt. It's passionate. It's romantic. It's a tearjerker too. I got teared up, man, just yeah. thinking back at the '80s when we actually were living in abandoned buildings. So yeah, and you know, and they just showed a little profile. You know, God bless Todd Youth that passed away recently. Ray Bees that passed away some years back. We lost so many beautiful people that were contributors to this music and I'm thankful to God that we have so many to this day you know we, of course you know we have Vinny and Roger but you know we still Jimmy G and Paul Bearer you know uh, 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 Jimmy G of uh, of uh, Murphy's Law and Paul Bearer of Terror. we you know we got foundation guys man that have been making this music for years still doing it and you know, I'm proud of that man I'm, I'm proud to be a part of their family you know and I love them all but I'm actually going to see Sheer Terror in Chicago in like two weeks. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm probably going to see them soon, too. I know Madball's coming back around this way. Yeah, with Death Before the Sun, a few shows. That's going to be. I'm going to see, maybe I'll see one of those. Is that the end of the. Is, is, that, is that at the end of the month? I think it's. Uh, yeah, I think it's, it's the end of January. Maybe that's like a long weekend, maybe like a Thursday to a Sunday. I only saw maybe four or five shows advertised so far. But uh, I definitely want to hit some of those. Yeah, we we'll we we'll be there, and you know we'll we'll love up all the brothers, and we'll partake in all the festivities there, man. But uh, all all of you people out there that listen to the podcast, I want to tell you, if I didn't tell you enough, man, I tell you that I love you, and to look after each other. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I I recently seen a young woman that was working as a as a cashier in uh, McDonald's. A guy reached over the counter and pulled her over the counter, but little shorty wasn't having none of it, and she threw the guy some beating all in his face. But I the thing that, that yeah. but the thing that stuck out with with that was that none of her coworkers, I didn't see any of them jump in to defend her. How mind blowing was that? That it was heartbreaking. It was the it guy was, clearly grabbed her and pulled her right into him, and little shorty just she just fought for all dear life and was punching his bastard in the face, but. The thing that I want to tell all y'all out there, because...
This is not something that's prevalent amongst us in the hardcore scene. We fight when necessary. We know yeah, this. Yeah. Y'all know this. But, but yeah, we, we, we're hard. It's in our nature. We're going to fight, motherfucker. You we grab us up, we hit you. But, yo, take care of each other, man. Because mm-hmm. what's happening in society, they're turning you into a bunch of uh, 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 homogenous animatons that, you know, you, you don't really think well for yourselves, and you're scared to fight. But we're hardcore kids, man. We always force the idea that you have open-mindedness, that you can think for your fucking self, and that you'll fight. So all of y'all here in this podcast, I want you to take this one, take this to the lab and take this shit home with you. Stand up for each other. Don't let a motherfucker pull you over a fucking counter. Don't let nobody do that shit to your friends. Mm-hmm. Hardcore is as hardcore does. If you got to defend yourself, punch a motherfucker in their face and back your fucking friends up. Don't be a pussy. Back your friend up. If they doing some stupid shit, some knucklehead shit, yeah, back, back them up still, but curse their ass out when you get home. Uh-huh. Right? But let me tell you something, right? Don't be like the people on that film. There's a bunch of beautiful kids there that wouldn't stand up for their friends, mm-hmm. that wouldn't stand up for their coworker. Some people said they were scared about getting arrested or scared about losing their jobs or anything like that. But as hardcore kids, man, that's not something that's relevant to us. That we're gonna cross my mind. We're gonna fight. We're gonna fight, and we'll sort out all the details later. Yeah. But yo, keep your shit fucking hardcore, man, and re- and remember, be like this, man. Take that shit back to the lab with you, you know. And I love you all. Respect, my brother. Thank you so much. And I'll talk to you soon. I'll hit you up during the week. All right. I love you. See you all soon, man. brother. All right, man. Take it easy. Thanks a lot for listening. We really appreciate it. Post America Podcast will always be there for you. Don't forget that. Tune in next time for more fun with the boys. Until then, get your fucking ass out of here before I give you a smack, motherfucker! Who the fuck is this doing? This is Post America! You ain't shit, motherfucker!